0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Lord Lord. Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. As the day was drawing to a close, The 12 approached him and said, Dismiss the crowd so they can go to the surrounding villages and farms and find lodging and provisions. For we are here in a deserted place here. He said to them, Give them some food yourselves. And they replied, five loaves and two fish are all we have. Unless we ourselves go out and buy food for all these people. Now, the men there numbered about 5,000. And then he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50. They did so, and made them all sit down. And then, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing over them, broke them, and gave them to his disciples Set before the crowd. They all ate and were satisfied. And when the leftover fragments were picked up, they filled 12 wicker baskets. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Lord I would like to remark on a few things that I have mentioned before before I remark on some things that I haven't. One of them being, we lived in a a world that doesn't really tolerate obedience. We don't want to be told what to do. We don't like the idea of having to do the will of another. We don't want to be commanded to do anything. That creates a problem, of course. And the more the world becomes that way, the more uh, we begin to break apart, the more we begin to shatter. I suppose in some ways that's the residue of original sin, a rebellious nature. The problem with that is, one of the greatest problems, is that we cannot really deal with our Lord very well. We cannot respond to him, except insofar as we find it convenient. And I've heard me say this, our Lord never suggests anything. He never asks for an opinion unless he already knows what he's going to do. Then he may ask the apostles or somebody uh, just to test them. Like Who do people say that I am? He knows who he is. What do you think? He always commands. It's always an imperative. I remember a bishop once, and I heard a priest say about him, every time you ask him for an opinion, you get a decision. Well, uh, that might not be a bad thing. Uh, In any event, our Lord commands. The very first words from his mouth when the apostles say to him, Rabbi, where do you live, is come and see. Two imperatives, come and see. He doesn't just invite them or if you'd like to. He commands them to come and to see and to be with him. And then throughout the gospel, he continues to do that. At times it seems very strange Come to me, all you who are weary and find life burdensome. Come, not that I'm open to your coming, or you may. Come. It's a command. Take my yoke upon you. Take. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. And learn. Again, a command. We don't want to respond to them that way, do we? We would like to sort of think that the Lord is suggesting this to us. He isn't doing that at all. And we will miss the real heart of the gospel and the real joy of life if we can't respond to the commands, as our world so very often does not. We see that in today's Gospel. Our Lord, by His own power, uh, multiplies the loaves and the fish to the people who are sitting there. Uh, And He commands His disciples. We don't think that. Have them all sit down in groups of about fifty, telling them to do it, again, as He does with us. And this is true also with the reality of what we are doing here today, of the Eucharist. Uh, Our Lord, at the Last Supper, says to his disciples, the eleven, the assumption is that Judas is left before this. He says, take, eat, this is my body. He's not offering them something, he's telling them, take it, eat it. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And then he says, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which will be poured out for many. Drink of it. It's a command that he gives to us. To be here, to do what he has told us to do. And then, in today's second reading, uh, it's from St. Paul in Corinthians, which is such a beautiful reading, he says, the Lord said, do this in memory of me. Again, a command to do it. He's not offering us an option telling us and telling priests in this case, that's their real ordination. As priests, when he tells them, do this as I have told you. And so we are commanded to do it. Come to me. Eat, drink. Now, of course, we have to be in the state of grace, and we have to have the fullness of the faith, too, uh, because we can't receive the bread of life if we're spiritually dead in mortal sin. But, of course, there's always... Uh, the confession of sins and the sacrament of penance to reconcile us so we can receive it again. There are many reasons that people might not receive communion besides mortal sin. They might simply not feel disposed that day to receive communion for who knows what reason. But ordinarily, we would obey that command to come. Uh, now, this is such a great gift. i mean, I've said this over and over and over again. The gift of the Lord himself a gift that the world rejects, and we take for granted very much because it's so much around us. Um, I happened to have mass last night at Our Lady of Lourdes. I'm not counting, but as of midnight on Monday, I ceased to be the administrator of that parish. Um, (laughs) It's been nice going back in a way, which you can't do everything. Uh, So it was good seeing Lourdes again. I said, you know, you're very fortunate to have an adoration chapel here, but of course any church will do. It's amazing to me that people aren't beating down the doors to get in if they only realized what was waiting for them there and the transformation that can take place. Because the Eucharist not only changes us spiritually because it is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, it changes us physically too because it's a power we didn't have before if we only realized it, but we have to be open to it. We can receive the Eucharist and not change at all because we're not open to change. We have no desire to be any different, even though the Lord is striving uh, to transform us into something ever greater. You know, there's something else we need to remember about the Eucharist. We say that God is love. Yes, that's true. God is love. Uh, You and I possess love as a quality. God is love. Is. We We can't quite grasp that, can we? Is love. Our Lord, then, is the reality of love in the flesh. We are looking at love. Infinitely perfect love. Which is why... The world will never be able to love as it's meant to love until it comes to know the Eucharist. And further beyond that, there will never be peace on earth, peace in our world, or an end to war until everyone turns to the Eucharist because the Lord is also peace. That sounds like a radical thing to say, but it's true. Um, We keep looking for peace very often in all the wrong ways and in all the wrong places, and love too, certainly, when it's all right here. Here's where we learn how to love and here's where we find peace only if we open ourselves up to it. Uh, So there we are. We have to realize this great gift in our lives. I know I keep coming back to the Eucharist ever since I've been here, Um, but I told you when I came I was going to do that. As I recall, I said to you at the time that it was like the Irish maid who came into a fashionable Boston dinner party and said to the assembled guests, those of you who don't like baked beans, dinner is over. Well, it's the same thing with the Eucharist. it's going to have to come back to that all the time. The problem, of course, is that we aren't worthy, are we? Even if we're in the state of grace and we're commanded to come, it's amazing. Even though the Lord knows how ungrateful we can be and how distant, he still commands us to come, even though we are unworthy. That's why we say, O oh Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. In spite of that unworthiness, he calls us to be ever more so. I mentioned back, I think, during Holy Week about my friend Monsignor Hendrick, who's retired, and how at his first met a nun he'd had in grade school handed him a card, and inside the card it was congratulating him on his ordination, and she said, as you may recall, I'm going to pray for you every day. I will not pray that you become worthy of the priesthood because no one can be worthy of the priesthood. But every day I will pray that you will become a little less unworthy than you are today. Uh, I like that because that's real. And it might say the same thing for all of us. Every day we become a little less unworthy to receive what God commands us to receive in order to transform us into himself. I ran across a poem the other day um, by a well-known poet named George Herbert uh, who was speaking about love in this regard. And he said... Love bid me welcome, but my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin. But quick-eyed love, observing me go slack from my first entering in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind, ungrateful? Ah, my dear, I cannot look on thee. Love took my hand, and smiling did reply. Who made the eyes, but I? Truth, Lord, but I have marred them. Let me, in shame, go where it doth deserve. And know you not, says love who bore the blame my dear then I shall serve you must sit down says love and taste my meat so I did sit and eat and we are called to do the same today and every day of our lives until it's all fulfilled in another kingdom let us pray Almighty Father we come today rejoicing in the body and blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, her members will always be visible, signs of the great sacrament they have received. We pray to the Lord.
0: Lord hear
1: our For all nations of the world, especially our own, they may come to know Jesus Christ in his body and blood. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, they may find great consolation in the Eucharist. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have left the Eucharist, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our prayer. For a greater respect for human life, especially the unborn, we pray to the Lord. Lord For an increase in vocations of priesthood and the consecrated life, today especially an increase in vocations to the priesthood, those young men who will make the Lord present in the sacraments, and particularly in the Eucharist, for a greater reverence for the role of Eucharist in marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time in the presence of the Eucharist, they may then be visible signs of what they have seen and heard. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all those working on our building project, that they will remain safe, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that as we receive the Eucharist or are present to the Eucharist, our lives will be transformed by this great mystery. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Eucharist as we sing.